Welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. I'm Nick Alexi. I'm Josh Kaiser. And we are Omega Level. Omega Level. Omega Level. Omega Level. Omega Level. Omega Level. This week, we're going to be talking about the Netflix original movie, Polar, Woo! which is based on a graphic novel and stars Mads Mikkelsen and Vanessa Hudgens. In the graphic novel. Yeah, in the graphic novel, which is in a very odd combo of actor-actress for a movie. Like, definitely never would have thought that I'd seen Matt Mickelson and Vanessa Hudgens on screen together in a movie. That was weird. And the wonderful special cameo from Johnny Knoxville <laughs> yeah, The amazing cameo from Knoxville. That was awesome. That was awesome. Like, like the first 10 minutes, if that. No, not even 10 minutes. Yeah, it's like a five-minute. Yeah, well, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Maybe about five or six Which minutes at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that was really cool. When it first started and Johnny Knoxville was like, okay, so we're going to have Johnny Knoxville just out of nowhere. That was awesome. He gets like assassinated by the Hitman team. And then there's like an event that happens that I can't talk about that happens with Johnny Knoxville. He's up there like doing a bunch of drugs. And he's got this girl with him named Cindy who was part of the team. And talking about retirement. Yeah, and he's like retiring now from being a Hitman. So they assassinate him. And then this thing happens and when it happens i was like all right you got me i'm in i'm in let's go let's Can't see what this movie it, is it's it's solid can't discuss it because it's pretty vulgar like it's pretty lewd but uh yeah it was funny like your face so polar is based on a graphic novel and it, it is about a hitman who is about to enter into retirement the company that he works for whenever the hitmen and like assassins whenever they turn 50 they have to retire and they pay into this pension fund and the company will match that pension fund like up to a certain amount and they owe him eight million dollars which is the most they've ever paid anybody as they are wont to do the boss of this company is a seedy piece of garbage and he wants to kill all the hitmen that are coming up to retire there's like a bunch of contracts coming up and he wants to kill them all because they all have a clause in their contracts that they signed that if they don't have a beneficiary and they die before retirement all their pension reverts back to the company and they just get to gain it as interest or not as interest but as profit so he wants to do all of that so that he can sell his company but the problem is he tries to target Matt Mickelson, the Black Kaiser, which is an absolutely awful idea, as we see throughout this movie. And he's even told by Vivian, who's like his, I guess, like right-hand person. Uh, you're talking about uh, Blutes? Yeah, right. Blutes, like uh, Blutes. I would say that she would be the advisor to him. Yeah, she's like yeah. his advisor. She seems like the one that sets up the things. Yeah. She tells him like many times, this is not good. Just pay him the money. Just pay him the money. And cut your losses. So, yeah, they, they try to set him up. By sending him to kill this Mexican hitman, who they say has been the person going around killing all the older agents, right? They're trying to pin it on this guy. Mm -hmm. And Black Kaiser knows the setup. So he goes, uh, like, they tell him they're going to pay him a million dollars for the job, and then a million dollars when he's done. Like, up front and then after. <laughs> so he goes out there, does the job, and then calls Vivian. He's like, you have authorization to pay me for this? She goes, yes. And he's like, all right, send it. She sends it through. He goes, okay, the job's done. Send the other million. And just hangs up. <laughs> Like that's genius. And he's always <laughs> smart about cutting the calls. He always mm -hmm. calls the uh, cuts the calls at before thirty seconds, so you're not tracked and breaks every SIM card every yeah. single time. And they make a very good point so of showing the showing mm -hmm. that scene every single time. Boom! Like they're always. Uh, Vivian would say something be like, "Are you gonna?" And then he'd hang up. Break the call card, right back. Call right back <laughs> on a different phone. And be like, blah, blah 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 blah. Boom! Break the SIM card back at it. Yeah, which is like they they do that and show you that so many times so that you get so that you get the point in the end when he doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. He calls her two times, I believe, from the same phone from um, whoever the military supplier woman is. He goes and sees that, but patches him up later on in the movie. He calls Vivian from the phone he gets from her two different times, and he doesn't destroy the SIM card because he wants them to find where he is. He's like, oh, must be because like, I'm old. Yeah, must be because I'm getting old. <laughs> too sentimental. <laughs> yeah, that was that was nice. Uh, before we get too ahead, jeez. Right. I just wanted to, because that correlates them with that. Just, no, it doesn't. Okay, okay. Right, I'm done. But honestly, if you're still listening this far, you know, like I've said before and like Steven has said before, 
We can't have order without disorder. No, you can't. There's Boom. no order without chaos. Welcome to uh, Let's Talk Movies. Yeah, welcome. I did enjoy this movie overall. I thought it was a fun watch. Definitely fun watch. There was some screenplay issues. There were some sound editing issues. Sound mixing was great, was fine. Sound, film editing was dude, great film and editing fine. was on point. Definitely heavily influenced by Guy Ritchie. Absolutely, dude. That you man, can see like, that. I mean, just each cut. And some people I could see why they would complain about the... Maybe it's too fast-paced because the same cuts kind of kept happening. It was yeah. really good, but it was like the same, like, boom, 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 mm-hmm. gun load. Boom. Very well done. It was very- but it was very well done, in my opinion. Yeah, very, very well done. It was very smooth. But for me, they have these three, possibly four acts of trying to find a story because it's just like, oh, he's trying to retire. Nothing's really going on. Right, they right. start out from the jump of, like, this A-team killing this dude, and this mm-hmm. is what they do. They clean up the agents. You don't know that. I mean, well, the viewer knows that this is happening from this team, and but like the, the agents- boss is the one. But the agents that are dying have yeah. no idea. They're no like, idea. oh, crap, this is happening. The ones nearing retirement have no idea that the A-team is the one coming to take them all out. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know that. Through these acts, the first act, you know, it's him trying to settle his affairs. Mm-hmm. Donate this money. Get mu- set this- up for retirement. Yep, set mm-hmm. up for retirement. Donate this 200000 to a... Uh, to some random to trust some fund random in a bank in Montana that he does apparently every year. 200K every year. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. For a long time. Bunch of bank statements, a bunch of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he has all these different estates and he tells the the accountant, like, tell him my Florida is my main one. Yeah, yeah, send everything to Florida. Because he's tries to be incognito. He's like an ex-hitman of this company, the Democles agent. That, what, that's yeah, what Democles he is. Democles agents is what they're called, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's what he is. And during these acts, it's, it, for me, it took about an hour in before they started to really kind of flesh out a story. Yeah, you could definitely tell it's a graphic novel, and they were splicing a bunch of different stories together mm-hmm. to make this one, right? So I, I know the main premise of this is based on the, the novel. I think it's called Polar Came from the Cold, or He Came from the Cold. Almost that entire graphic novel, from my understanding, I haven't read it, but just from, from what I've read information about it, deals with him being in Montana in the cold and them coming to try to kill him. So they took that story and just expanded it, and I'm guessing added a bunch of other story beats from other Polar stories into this, right? With like Vanessa Hudgens' character Camille, they added her story into it, yep. and then they added the story of like uh, Blute trying to kill all the other people and sell his business. I'm assuming it's a different story beat, you know. And then they have like a, a random, quick little thing with like I said with that girl that or that woman that helps him and gives him all the guns, where she tells him when he leaves, like I always need you to come back. I was just hoping it'll be for me and not the guns. Obviously, that she means something she means somewhere. Something. So they like just spliced that little part and added it in. Like you can, it's kind of choppy in parts. Like you can tell they took a bunch of different things. Like like they did when they made the first sense city they took a couple different stories and put them together you know what i mean and like you can tell they did that with this like it, it's obvious it's deceit but overall it mostly flows pretty well together there's there's not a whole lot of choppiness where it's like overtly like oh well this is completely different and it it doesn't feel like tonally a bunch of different movies yeah you know no, what i mean tone wise you this can tell movie, a bunch of different stories yeah. but it has the same tone even when it gets to the climax of and that's what he talked about when it gets to that point when the climax happens the flow felt natural you know mm-hmm. what i mean it did Very feel a little so. weird at the beginning Given that we just boom right into it, and then we got a nice little story build, whatever yeah. you know, trying to find ourselves. Okay, obviously Mads is revered as a he's the Black badass. Kaiser. He's yeah. like apparently the number one hitman in all the world, the Black Kaiser. Yeah, the Black Kaiser, and uh, which was very John Wickish to me. Mm-hmm. That's what had like a huge John Wick vibe, and a lot of like how they did the coloring and some of the editing and the cuts in this movie reminded me a lot of like John Wick, which in itself John Wick reminds me a lot of like Guy Ritchie and Tarantino movies. So like the influence is there from those, anyways. Uh, and he did have a dog. <laughs> for like five minutes and they did not take that the way they take it in John Wick at all the dog definitely dies but it dies at Duncan who is the Black Kaiser it dies at his hands <laughs> shouldn't be licking boots yeah shouldn't be licking boots he always sleeps like with a gun because you know he's a hitman you never know what's going to happen and the dog's like licking his boots he's having a bad dream he's having a nightmare and it wakes him up and he shoots the dog <laughs> and he has this reoccurring nightmare throughout the entirety mm-hmm, of the film mm-hmm. too which I'm assuming yeah which is part of like the Camille story and I'm assuming that's tacked on from a different story as well as him taking down Blute uh, that him being tortured and taken on blue seems like it's tacked on from something else as well. What do you mean? 
Like, I don't think that would be the same story as just them trying to kill him out in Montana. You don't? Oh, you're saying, yeah. like, he, That's probably later on in the graphic uh, number series, he goes to finally kill Blute. True, but then when it gets to the end, it seems like there's definitely more yeah, to there, happen. Yeah, and there's so even more to go unless on, Unless they too. just like, took oh, from all these different ones and combined it. And yeah, unless it would make a really choppy story. And I Came mean, from yeah. the Cold is all of this? I don't know. I haven't read it, so. Yep. We're not, we can't go off the actual yeah, source material. I've, I've never heard of the graphic novel until I watched this movie. It does seem interesting. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to checking out the graphic novel. I like the Black Kleiser character. It was really cool. Yeah, uh, and they didn't really require Mads to do much, but he, at the same time, he did a lot. True. That's, that a, that's a testament to Mads as an actor. This mm-hmm. character was very one note. That's where some issues I know you and I had with the screenplay for this. It was like, his character is not very well developed at all from a creative standpoint. From watching the movie, you can just tell that Mads does so much with it. You know what I mean? Like, just his mannerisms and the way that he emotes certain things. Like, he brings so much to the character. Because it wasn't revealed how many years he was in this company, but let's just say it's he was. Probably been he's, 20, almost, he's almost fifty. Yeah. Say he's been in there for twenty years, you're going to be desensitized to almost anything. Yeah, so yeah, oh for sure. And and they make jokes about how he's kind of losing it. You know, yeah, you know they kept saying he's like, slipping. we don't want people with Alzheimer's. Just because yeah. they're just because you're over fifty doesn't mean you automatically no. have Alzheimer's. You know, you cut your losses. You don't want to have an old man, even though he clearly is better than anybody <laughs> that they ever bring towards him. Like there's yeah. no competition, even ever. at his age and being tortured for four straight days. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong, it's not like. Like all twenty four hours, like he's probably tortured for multiple hours. Stop each day, rest up. Yeah. Yep. Well, they do that. Like, and Blute says this too. He does that because he wants it to be slow and painful. He's got four days to do this. He wants it to last, so Until he can't just straight torture him for twenty four hours each day. He would just die of pain, mm-hmm. you know, or blood loss. He has to like spread it out. And the Black Kaiser didn't wince once. No, the entire torture thing. Well, just, he screams when he gets stabbed in the eye, but isn't like I mean, when he gets cut and stuff. As just, I say, <clears> when he got stabbed in the <throat> eye, that was finally the the moment that he broke yeah. down. Every time he gets cut, he's just. Ugh. But he still didn't Ugh. ask for, like, oh, stop. Like, no, he's no. Like, no. He's like, no. bro. He's Duncan. This is weak poop. Speaking of Blute, that was one of my points of contention with the movie is I did not think that the guy that played the villain Blute did a very good job. He's very hammy and over the top. And when he first shows up, I was like, okay, so he's just going to be an over the top villain. Like, I'm on board with that. As it went on, it's just everyone else around him, I felt, was just far outclassing him performance wise. He just seemed like the worst performance in the room every scene he was in when he had other people with him. And I was just like, man, he's just not up to the standard that everyone else is. And it's not like everyone else is giving these jaw-dropping, amazing performances. I would really only say that Mads, maybe the actress that played Vivian, and then Vanessa Hudgens' Camille were the only ones that really of note to me in the movie. I disagree on uh, the Blute thing. I don't think that he was, obviously, you gotta ask yourself, what did the director ask like ask him well, to yeah, do? I feel like true. that is something that he he performed what he was asked to do. He was yeah, a, I mean, a rich, pompous, like he even talked about, that was my dad's favorite weapon. They had the mm-hmm. same birthmark on their face. Like mm-hmm. he talked about this sword and the bones. And his dad looks just like him. I'm pretty sure it's a yep. picture of the same actor. As Probably. Dad. Yeah, there's no doubt. But I definitely know what you're getting at. A lot of this does fall on the director, for sure. Absolutely. That's the performance always does. And I don't feel like he, he was just like, oh, hits. I can't, I can't get behind this character. But like he, like I was saying, he's a, he's pompous. He's rich. He's just been given everything. Is my thought. I mean, even when he shoots a gun, he's not a good shot. No, he's terrible. Or like just the two <laughs> times he did it, he's not, he's not a fighter. He's a businessman. He he's the one that knows the business. numbers. Yeah, he's gifted this thing. He knows the numbers. He knows what to say when he has a little meeting with these two Investors, agents, Smith and a yeah. Looks like Agent Smith. And yeah, like <laughs> yeah they did. Like they're identical. They I could see what you mean, but that hammy for me kind of hit. It wasn't like he was like, oh man, I'm going to always remember this villain. No, he's a very forgettable villain. Mm-hmm. But for the movie, it set the tone for that because I was more yeah. or less deal with the other characters, the A-team that came at him. You know, they're the ones, for mm-hmm. me, was more of a focus point because for they sure. kind of gave them a little bit more life. And, yeah, I mean, uh, they were all kind of one note. I mean, Cindy was just promiscuous. Hilda was, ju- was, was just, just concerned. Well, yeah, she was that a killer. Was the girlfriend. She was the Blute. girlfriend of Blute, but she was very much so just concerned with self-preservation, with surviving. The easiest way to survive and not be killed? Oh, I'll just become his girlfriend. That's pretty much what that seemed to me. 
Like, I definitely don't think she loved the guy. It was a career advancement move. Yeah, no, it no, was, no. And then Alexi is just like, he's honestly the least developed of all. He doesn't really do anything. But I don't know. The she did say, guy. I love you. And he just goes, mm-hmm. All the villains, like the A-team, are very one note. But they all play their note very well. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Very well. Yep. And I don't... That's definitely something that you're not going to go into this movie thinking that that's like, man, I'm really hope the acting's great. Before we continue on, uh, we need to take a quick little break. To give a shout out to our sponsors, Ink or Die Studios. Omega Level is proudly sponsored by Ink or Die Studios, a unique combination of a tattoo parlor and hair salon. Located at 270 North Dakota Street by Flanagan's, Ink or Die Studios employs the best artists and stylists around. Boasting a friendly atmosphere, helpful, talented, and incredibly creative staff, Ink or Die Studios is the only tattoo shop and hair salon you'll ever need. Stop in, call, or contact them through their social media accounts today to set up an appointment. Cinematography was solid. It was they solid. did some uh, typical the shots. Scenes were awesome. uh, the Montana scenes were shot. The landscapes well. were awesome. Great set design. When Camille's out there taking set location. Very, yeah, very good location. Uh, like, what, whatever. Yeah, location they scouting. Would, yeah, location scouting. Because mm-hmm. they would show a stream and just how still the mm-hmm. air was. Nothing would shake. And mm-hmm. man, it was just really beautiful. Whenever she was doing her photography out there, all that looked gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was very cool. Uh, she had a really dark backstory, but then you oh find out she Lord. lied. Her backstory is awful, and like Straight it's not—it's it's weird. Like I can't say it's worse than what actually happened, or it's not as bad as what actually happened because it's completely two different things, and both of them are just like life-altering, earth-shattering, awful things that happen to somebody. Yeah, it's even terrible. the lie was like, "Oh man, I see why you're messed up." Like, yeah, I, I definitely you know, you see have why. That, and then the new, and then you find out the real reason. You're like, "Oh man, what made the kinda lie kind of cliche?" I guess in a way they kind of a cop yeah. out. You know, I mean, I can see that. It, it, for me, it didn't. I was like, oh, that's a cool twist. Some people saw it way sooner. You said you caught, saw it from like a mile away. I don't think they built the twist that well. It does kind of come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I did see it coming. Like, it, I saw it coming in a sense, right? So, obviously, we spoil everything here. So, if so you've watched this, yeah. you've watched the movie, hopefully. Uh, the twist in all this is that uh, throughout the movie, the Black Kaiser Duncan keeps having these nightmares, these reoccurring nightmares of this car on a street and him shooting inside of it and opening a door and seeing all like two or three different dead people and then the door slams on him, right? And that keeps happening over and over and over again. So, it's, it wants you to question, like, that's the point, I thought. But the director wanted you to question, why do I keep seeing this? What is going on? So it just felt like, to me, it was very obvious. It was setting up for that to lead to something. I wasn't sure that it was going to be like a twist, but I knew that it was going somewhere. And as the movie went on, I figured it had something to do with Camille, but I had no reason to not believe her history, her backstory, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that it had something to do with Camille. Like, maybe it was like her, her brother was in there or something. I don't know. But it did end up being about Camille. Because that was her parents and her brother or sister was also in there, her pregnant sister. I'm pretty sure it was, she said the brother and then the dad and the mom. I think she, I just want to I only said, saw two people in there. Yeah. She, she mentioned, I can feel my brother's this. Yeah, it was, like, could, yeah it was her brother, yeah. I could smell, no, I could feel my uh, dad's on my shoulder. I could smell my brother's little boy smell, which I thought was a stupid line. I, I thought, thought that d- he d- gender does. I don't know. It just doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, it's like it's a, a weird smell of a little boy. Smell of a little right, boy. Yeah, okay, yeah. get out of here. Yeah, it was a little overrode. It's 2019 polar. <laughs> so it ends up coming out at the end of the movie that that was her family, and you finally get to see the final scene of that, like the shot, and when he opens the door fully, and there's a young girl, like a nine-year-old girl, just sitting there on the seat, covered in blood, and her family's dead in front of her. He's pointing a gun at her, and he's pointing a gun at her, and then he doesn't kill her. So he's been sending these checks, two hundred thousand dollars every year to this bank in Montana, and it's been for her. This whole time. And she even says, like, I always paid knew. School. Some, yeah, paid for my school. Someone's been supporting me, and I didn't know who or why. The A-team comes for Duncan. Alexi escapes, and he kidnaps Camille. 
and takes him with her, and then they turn her into a heroin addict, which is awful. While they're torturing Duncan for four days, she's just laid up in another room on a couch just being injected with heroin all the time. By, and I didn't think about it until a little bit after watching the movies, mm-hmm. that the, there was a junkie Jane. She was in like three scenes. Yeah, not even many, uh, but she travels with and them. And she's the one that's injecting the heroin into her body. She's Alexi's girlfriend. Like They Alex- have sex, at least. I, I, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't start thinking about it until they started doing the heroin scene and a little bit after watching the movies that what if she was a part of another person that mm-hmm, they captured and mm-hmm. they just turned her into a junkie and there's and now she just has to be there. She's the person wasn't Jane. able to have a Black Kaiser come save her. Exactly. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. like, Which Camille luckily does. So yeah, Black Kaiser goes in and he yells everybody and wins the day and he saves her and he takes her back to his cabin in Montana and he's like trying to um, detox her, you know, over the course of a couple of days and then he wakes up and she's just not in bed but all of his files are strewn about in the bed and it's got all his checks and stuff in there. And then she has pictures of the family and pictures of the family. And then she has a gun on him. And then that's the reveal of, oh, she is the little girl. And he didn't recognize her, which at first really didn't sit well with me. As the scene was going on, I'm like, she's nine. And now she's like 28. He didn't know. But he they thankfully do put a line in there where she even says, you didn't recognize me. You murdered my family and you didn't recognize me. And he says, like, I didn't want to interfere with your life. So he sent these checks, but he never looked her up. He never followed her life around. Never he didn't even know that she was the girl in Montana. He had no idea when he first met her. He had no clue who she, she was. She knew who he was. And then she had a, a reason of why she acted so odd that he believed at face value, because why would she lie to him? Yep. She's just some random person, and he's not going to reveal too much about himself because he doesn't want her to know who he is, you know? Well, even when she makes a comment about, like, is killing easy, and he's like, I wouldn't know. Or I don't know. Yeah, exactly. He he, she knew, obviously, because when she saw him in the gas station in a she knew who scene, was immediately. She, yeah, that's why she was she acting all them. weird and like mm-hmm. jumpy and stuff. Yeah. like that. and she kept approaching him. There was another scene mm-hmm. with her at the bar, and she drinks the uh, what do they call it? I can't remember what she calls it. Coffee. Yeah, it's the winter coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're like, is it coffee with like bourbon or something? Whiskey, in it? <laughs> bourbon, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why she's so timid all the time around him. And to be honest with you, I'd never even really thought about that until you just said that. That's that's a good catch. That's why she's so timid, and that's what makes her story make even more sense. That's why he would believe it more. Oh, that's why she's like this. And one thing that really led to me believing in her story more is the fact that she wears these big baggy clothes all the time. Like, yeah, they're in Montana, and it's really cold. It's snowing out. You know what I mean? But she's wearing clothes that do not fit her. They're way too large for her. Which a lot of times I have seen, like I, I that personally have not experienced, obviously, but I have seen that like when people have a trauma and her backstory trauma was that she was molested when she was young, like when she was an, a young teenager. A lot of times people end up ends up messing with their mind. Obviously, that's, that's a terrible event to happen to you, but then they don't want people to look at them as sexual objects, as sexual beings. Mm-hmm. And her wearing all those baggy clothes and not showing up any part of her body led me to believe that. Oh, yeah, okay, so this is why she's so freaked out about everything all the time she's always on edge and then she wears these big baggy clothes to not attract attention to herself it just gave more credence to her story which is i guess a credit to camille to just be able to think of all that and roll with all that you know what i mean like okay this has got to be believable she didn't even skip a beat no because she totally just dupes them into this Uh, whole thing that also is like you know because there are a a decent amount of men out there that are just sickos they're just (laughs) absolutely dude for some reason get off on either beating or doing these sexual things awful Uh, and there was a scene in this where Earlier on when they went to the Florida house, because the A-team is going from house to house, oh, estate yeah. to estate, estate, mm-hmm. to try to find out. But they only know tr- three of them. Well, I thought they went to four. No, they was, don't know about Montana at first. Oh, they first. didn't know about Montana yeah. at first. They went to three. Mm-hmm. Well, they go here, and it's uh, Cindy. You know, and she's the one that they send in because guys are very impressionable when a exactly. beautiful, voluptuous woman walks mm-hmm. up and just is like, oh, hey, ha-ha. Like, she's obviously way smarter than she lets on, but that's oh, the yeah, ploy. Sure. That's the being a good spy, being mm-hmm. a part of a great, you know, the Democles agent. agent. And, and she's also completely. But as soon as she gets there, like so I don't even know the whole. 
Yeah. They all are. I mean, all of them are. All five of them are. You're a murderer. They're just nutcases. I mean, the 18, I'm sure a lot of the... Mr. T was in it? The non-accused agents have like... Crazy problems, but the A team especially, they they they're all psychos. Yep. Going on that scene, she like walks in and I guess she was setting up like, Oh, is this looking for five oh six? And it's mm-hmm. on the door and she's acting clueless, like because mm-hmm. that you know makes she's trying them to more come across as like yeah. a dumb blonde. Like, oh, I somebody I can take advantage of. Like yeah. sickos. Absolutely. Uh well they go in and his first thing is like, What are you able to do? And he's like punches it in the face and it's like, Okay, wow. And he's got a Didn't bed set up a with a tarp, like plastic tarp yeah. over it, and a camera in front of him. It's like, oh well this guy's I think not there up to three good. cameras in <laughs> yeah. front of him. This guy's up to no good. Yeah. What the heck, man? Mm-hmm. Like and this is the scene that I thought had the really awful audio editing, too. See, and I, didn't that get, guy's I guess I have voice to go back. That did not match him. So if, it's a, if that's the same person, then I'm just wrong on this. But the ADR for it seemed like it was so apparent they had to do eight, go back and do ADR for this scene. And his voice didn't match him. And I didn't think, I did, when I watched it the first time, I've only seen it once, but it didn't look like his words were matching his mouth. It was mm-hmm. just really bad editing, like so much so that it brought me out. I was like, oh my God, this is awful. And there was one or two other times throughout the movie, too, where I just thought that like the audio editing just was not on. Like It brought me out of the movie a couple times. Like That was one of my biggest problems with it. It just ruined the movie. See, the only audio editing that I, well, I guess was apparent to me was the sometimes it was lower than what it needed to what be. What did I just say? I'm always right. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I did feel like that, wow. so, the, the, it changed levels throughout yeah, the movie. There was a constant was level change. Yeah. Uh, Mixing was great, though. I mean, all the different effects of pulling the guns, mm-hmm, breaking mm-hmm. the boxes, doing stuff like that, the warehouse scene, the tunnel scene. Dude, my God. Had its own little old boy moment in that tunnel scene. Ooh. Oh, that tunnel scene was hot fire. Hot Mads fire. Mads Mickelson. But yeah, just to get back to Camille's character real quick, wrap up what I was trying to say about that. So yeah, they have the reveal that Camille is the little girl, and mm-hmm. he didn't know who it was, and she wants to kill him. Obviously, because she murdered his parent, her parents, and she has like this, she gives like this, like monologue speech to him, which comes across very well in her acting, but some of what she says is kind of lame. It's kind of corny. Like when you said about the brother, like, oh, I can still smell my, his little boy smell or whatever. Like it was kind of dumb. Yeah, but delivery was fine. The delivery, the performance the right, of it was yeah, great. The dialogue dude. itself was kind of like. Oh. Some of it was a little spotty. And like I even had to rewind and watch it again just to make sure I caught everything. Because like I said, like I was like, oh, he doesn't recognize who she is and blah, blah. But they do explain all of that stuff. And then it. It ends with her having the gun on him, right? And she's like, I don't want to see you anymore. Like, I, I don't want you around. I don't want you in my life. I don't I want, want them to see to you. Come back. And I want them to and come he, back. So she's thinking if I shoot you, it'll make it's everything gonna, It's going to okay. make everything appear, yeah. reappear, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. That's not how, that's right, not how yeah. that works. People always think that. But he accepts fully. Like, yeah. he has Close straight, his eyes. He has a nightmare. He's nightmares throughout the whole movie about this. He has guilt about this. Like, this is the one thing that's truly affected him. And we see as the movie goes on, like, he's, it's the typical cliche. He's like the hitman with a heart. They also kind of lead you to believe that he is growing this way in his old age. Like, he probably definitely was not always like this. No. And the fact that he murdered her family, maybe he didn't even hit him until 10 years later. You know what I mean? And it started really affecting him. So, like, it seems like, it doesn't even seem like everything he's done in life is affecting him. That one moment has really affected him and come back to haunt him. Absolutely. And it's kind of opened him up as a person. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. He's getting more sentimental, as they say in the movie, like as he's getting older and realizing that like his life is coming to an end and like maybe he's wasted it all, his whole life he's, murdering he's, people. He's, it's time for retire. It's time for change. Yeah, you know? but he accepts his fate. And he like wants her to have her vengeance and kill him because he feels so guilty mm-hmm. about it. And he tries to coach her through killing him. He's like, it's okay. It's okay. Shut down your mind. Just sh- Yeah, just, just shut down your mind and squeeze the trigger slowly. It's okay. It's okay. And then he closes his eyes and she shoots and it cuts. And they had me too. I was like, oh my God. I know. She, I was like, man, I want to see the next one. <laughs> she shot that mug. But then it comes back and he's still sitting in the room with her. And they sit in the silence for a couple seconds and she looks at him and she's like, do you think we can find out who wanted to kill my father? Or no, do you, or do, had, you, do know, you know who wanted to kill my father? And he's like, no, but I might be able to find out. And then he turns and walks no, outside. I had that back and back. Did, oh, did it was like that same thing. Forth? He's like, 
yeah, she asked, like, do you know who did it? And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And he's like, do you think we can find him? He's mm-hmm. like, we like, can try. We can try, yeah. So then he just walks away and leaves her in the room and goes to smoke a cigarette. And she walks outside, and they both, like, put their hands over the banister. And they're, like, looking off into the distance, and they look at each other and then look back at the screen. And it just gives you that. And gave me a moment of, like, ooh, of, like, real hype. Like, that was my favorite part of the movie because it makes me excited for a sequel. I Overall, I think the movie is worth watching. I, I don't think it's the greatest thing ever, but I don't think it's awful. And it gets me excited for a sequel. This is number one of the year. <laughs> yeah, it is actually my number one of the year because I've only seen two movies that have been released in 2019, both Netflix movies too, this and IO. <laughs> yeah. But we definitely need to jump back and talk about the, the classroom scene Woo. <laughs> when she convinces Duncan to go teach children because he says that he was a traveling... I, I don't uh, know how to talk to children. He worked for a funeral home and they had to send him overseas all the time to go and like sort people's affairs out and stuff like that. 99 countries? Yeah, and he says he's been to 99 countries, speaks eight, and he speaks eight languages. And she's like, well, that's something that, you know... No one around here knows that kind of stuff. Maybe you should go, like, teach the kids and talk to them for a day or something. He's like, I don't know how to talk to kids. But then he goes and does and it. cuts to him <laughs> and, instructing a and class of children. he definitely does not know how to talk to kids. No, he does not. <laughs> and the teacher's in the back at first kind of receptive to the whole situation. Yeah, and then she's as like, it goes on, she's like, oh, man. I mean, yeah, when it gets to the point, he's like, have you guys ever seen a dead body out in the sun? <laughs> Here, pass this around. Days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then it's, it's opened up with him with a knife, and he's got like this stand figure he's in front of him. how it's good to slice. Yeah. This knife is good for slicing, mm-hmm. but not stabbing. But not stabbing. puncturing and stabbing, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, like this, and he just shows him this move where he cuts like five different places. Little kid's just the, standing there. And this kid, yeah, so there's a kid standing there. I was like, okay. Like, I can't believe the teacher didn't stop this halfway through. <laughs> when he got to the body, she's like, <laughs> just freaking out, jaw dropped. It was, gosh. And really then good. he comes out when he's done, like, and Camille's out there waiting. I'm like, how'd it go? And he's like, I think it went well. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping again to right to the to- end. Uh, probably the coolest shot. It's been used a bunch. It's not, but it really set well with the snow setting and the trees and stuff like that. It was a drone shot. Yeah, it was a drone faded shot. Faded sure. out. Just slow, mm-hmm. slow, slow. Arrived. Got all the way ascended to the top and just faded. Boom. Black. It looked cool. Yep. I thought I it was really it. cool. That was nice. Dude, in that hallway scene, my lord, dude, that was beast mode. He went ham tunnel on everyone in the tunnel. After he's being tortured, he ends up escaping as, you know, the, the hero character is always going to do. Blute stabs him at one point with a scalpel and it snaps off and he doesn't retrieve it. So Duncan retrieves it and gets out of his cuffs and then just massacres all of the arm cards that Blute brings with him. Everybody, dude, in that area and then out into the tunnel. And then he goes to Blute's house to kill him. Or no, uh, he escapes. and he gets. Oh, he's like, still in Blute's. That whole thing was in Blutes. No, yeah, he does all that stuff, and then he uh, he escapes and leaves, and that girl patches him up and stuff mm-hmm. and gives him all his stuff. Uh, yep. And then he makes the mistake of calling twice from the same phone, and they track his location, and he has this awesome technology that this, uh, this woman gave him that are these, like, gloves just, he puts on that control, <laughs> control like these guns. Gloves, yeah. yeah. He puts on power gloves and controls these guns that he's got hidden, and he murders everybody that Blutes sends there, including Vivian and, and she, Alexi. He gave Vivian a shot to turn around. He tries to let he her said, go. I'll give you a chance to leave. And, she and what's says, awesome about that is he put his cigarettes about halfway smoked <laughs> on, the on the car. car. And then just do 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 shoots laser beams these turrets from behind. Mm-hmm. Pro- one of the coolest it was a, like little, it was amazing. Uh, yeah, one, uh, that's awesome technology. I like that. <laughs> that I really like cool. that they try to incorporate stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah cool. that was really cool. Because nothing super high tech was ever really no. brought into this. And then boom, we have this Look chick with an arsenal of weapons, just <laughs> unreal. Like Batman, who? Okay, let's not get crazy. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. but Red unloads Hood that, and she doesn't turn around at all until she finally gets shot in the back because she, she thinks, thinks it's her people. Yeah, because yeah, he's only one him. man. What is he gonna do? Yeah, what's he gonna do? But they're all dead, and he's able to pick up a cigarette and still puff a couple times. I'm just saying that's how quick that was. <laughs> like that like he knew. and then he sees a camera on like they all have cameras on yeah they all have cameras and he, he saw one that. with the red dot so then he goes off the blutes and blute gets mm. like the last remaining mm. of his security and they're up in his room and they look out into the window and they see the black kaiser walking across like the 
not parking lot, but like it's, I mean, it's he lives like a big mansion. It's it like a huge driveway, and he's like walking up towards the door. And then they do something that's really awesome that you don't ever see in stories like this. His guards just abandoned him. They're like, "Nah, we're out of here, man. Yeah, this guy just that's murdered on you. This guy just got tortured for four days, escaped, murdered like a hundred people, and now he's back for us after killing another like fifty people in a warehouse. Nah, man, we're out." And he's walking through the house, and they're like, "Excuse me, excuse <laughs> they're me. like, excuse like, me, sir. You don't see <laughs> and he's that. He's just letting them leave because yeah. he's got no qualm with them." Because that's me. That was 100% me. If I'm involved in something like that like, and I see this person, I mean, this do, yeah, I'm like, no, issue. clearly I'm not good he enough to do He doesn't know this. me. He killed A-Team. Yeah. That's the best we have. He killed A-Team and everyone else we have. And he doesn't know who I am. I don't know who he is. I don't have a problem with him. You do. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> no, bro, you handle this. Like, get out of here. Yeah, I'm out. And then he shows up in like murder's blue within a second. And he chops off his it. head with an axe. Head. Cool us. And that was another thing on the where sound. flies out the window. No, where he dropped the axe. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a sword and axe. A gun, Blute did, mm-hmm. and then it just shows from a side view of uh, the Black Kaiser, Mads Mikkelsen, just, just as soon as that, yeah, it's like him cocking his weapon, mm-hmm. but it was an axe. <laughs> but it was an axe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and really then cool. you just see a head pop off. His receptionist, when he's walking <laughs> in, he's like, hey, do you have an appointment? I'll get you some coffee. <laughs> uh, and she walks in, she's like, oh dear. Overall, I, I did enjoy the movie. I had some issues with it, uh, as I've spoken about. I thought the audio editing was not so good. It wasn't very consistent. Like you said, the levels rose and dropped. Up, and like down. you get that a lot in movies, but it's usually with music. Like the music just louder than the yeah. dialogue but, but this, this like, one is like no the dialogue music, is just yeah low. everything in its entirety would lower and raise like it was just really weird yeah and it felt like a simple score but i thought it was cool it was like a electronic hip-hop yeah, sometimes yeah. I, like, didn't I, it. It was, I didn't mind it, it good. i thought mads and vanessa hudgens did very well with what they were given uh it does make me excited to see a sequel because I, I liked their chemistry i thought yeah, they had I'll, good chemistry definitely not gonna be like oh i'm so excited but like no no it's, it's definitely a, gonna tune a in Netflix sequel, i'll definitely yeah. watch it you know what i mean but yeah, i had some issues overall i do think it's worth watching like uh, if you like mads mickelson or vanessa hudgens or you like hitman stories john wick kind of movies guy Ritchie kind of stuff think you'd probably dig it like it's 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 a good watch it's worth your time uh just a uh, forewarning there is some mild nud- nudity not a lot <laughs> but it, <laughs> there's one scene that's quite funny it's definitely not uh, mi- uh, i mean i guess it's not something you in b- the scope of the film the nudity is mild as it doesn't happen all the time but the one scene that does happen happens for quite a long time fit in the story oddly it does, enough it does because there was something well. at the beginning of the movie that mm-hmm. happened and it kind of tried to happen yeah, again oh, yeah, and it but you into did it. it to the wrong yeah dude. to the black kaiser he's too you, smart you did it to the wrong the person. best scene in the whole movie I, I mean, I don't know, man. It's either the Montana shootout where he kills the A-team or it's the hallway scene. I'm not sure which one. They're both so good. I think the most like, oh my gosh moment was the, uh, I mean, honestly, the, the warehouse. I mean, the warehouse is awesome too, but the warehouse is really quick. But the, yeah, it was where, but I think that's also a testament to be like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, he true. just did this with like, Those wow. three scenes are awesome. Like those three scenes alone, if you like action stuff are worth watching. Yeah, definitely that whole hype Montana moment, tunnel, is, the tunnel, but my tunnel is awesome. The Montana was more methodical. It's very intelligent. Yeah, yeah it's it's very methodical. very methodical. He says to, uh, you get to see Mads butt. Shout out to Mads <laughs> yeah, Shout butt. out to Mads. <laughs> out there in the snow, butt naked. Just <laughs> <laughs> doesn't care. He oh, that's our birthday suit. When he jumped from the tree. I thought that was so cool. Oh yeah, we jumped on top of the tree. and he tricked him with the snipe thing and then. Oh, man, that was so cool. Speaking of what's a little trivia for you, the dude, the one guy that was with them that was the tallest one with the black hair used to be a wrestler. Yeah. He was in the, the group called The Oddities in WWE. He's also in a series of unfortunate events. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's one of uh, Olaf's henchmen. The Montana scene is just very, very like methodical and intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like He knows what's happening the whole time. He knows this woman is here to seduce him. Like He's not stupid. He's the Black Kaiser. Get out of here. So when she goes to do her little thing she does earlier in the movie, he counteracts it and she gets shot. And then he rolls off the bed and they do something really, really intelligent. They have an Apex Legends moment where while she's on the ground shot, she is relaying to her team where he is. She's like, southeast side of the bedroom and the corner between the bed and the wall. Boom. And shot. so they're roll, trying to shoot roll. there and he's rolling away hearing her. And eventually he's like, all right, well, this woman is like not helping. Shoots her in the leg and throws an axe in her face when she falls down. And is like, oh, no. <laughs> she got marked. And then he gets out of the house, goes up to where the sniper is. Mm-hmm. 
Merce the sniper takes his earpiece and then starts talking to Hilda, Hilda, that's still in the house. Talking about being a bad man. Bro, I he mean, is a badass. You're killing dude. these people. He's like, you need to be calm or you'll make a mistake. <laughs> dude, that was the hardest line in the whole movie. He was like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You make, people make mistakes when they're afraid. And I was like, oh my God. She's like, I'm not afraid. Like, I'm not afraid. Shake. And then she takes out flares and throws them into the house because she knows the sniper has like thermal, thermal vision, vision. Awesome. and so it's going to mess up the vision which was so intelligent mm-hmm. and then the other dude comes out there to kill him and then Mads is up in the tree now and he pops down and kills that guy and they have a nice little sequence too where they show him stripping the body yeah where he takes the clothes off the yeah, body he takes mm-hmm. the clothes off the body and that's more or less to make it seem more natural that he's underneath it exactly you know? mm-hmm. less bulky stuff like that but man mm-hmm. that, was, that was cool was film editing was great and it's then just the way they he reused even yeah, they did reuse They reuse stuff. certain yeah. cuts. That's the way he gets Hilda was awesome. Hilda, Hilda, the way he gets her. Double she's tap. Be- she's behind the fridge. Zombie oh, land, bro. Double tap. Yep. And then she he sees, like, the flares finally wear up, and he sees her breath. Mm-hmm. And he shoots the fridge, and then she falls off. And as she's falling off, he shoots her again and kills her. Because I, like, I thought oh, normally it'd just be, like, one shot, but no, they added that second yeah. shot, and I thought that was really gorgeous. Attention to detail. Like it's very, very good attention to detail. Like, like I said, there's things like that that happen in the movie that's like, man, that was so fresh. Story's not going to blow you away. You might be like, oh, that was a good twist, or oh, that ruined the movie for me. But for an action standpoint and just seeing a Hitman-type movie... Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's it definitely something to check out. It doesn't do a lot story-wise new for the genre. Yep. It has some really cool beats in it, and it goes for all it's worth your time. Like it's, it, it was cool. Like and it. if you do like the actress Vivian, Catherine Winnick, I believe I'm saying her name yeah. right, she's in a show called The Vikings. She's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing in that. Lagatha, she's awesome, powerful, and she don't give no beeps. It wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it wasn't awful. It had some really cool beats to it that made it worth uh, my time. So I feel confident in recommending the movie, you know? Yeah, it's no All About Eve, but we do it. <laughs> if you haven't seen All About Eve, you don't love movies. You don't love movies. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking us out, however you're doing it, whether it's on the tubes, on TV. <laughs> the tubes is YouTube, by the way, or TV or audio. However you're listening and watching us, we appreciate you. Uh, make sure you check up all of our social medias. Let us know what you think of Polar if you've seen it. If not, does this make you want to watch it? Do you have any recommendations for movies you would like to see us talk about in the future? Let us know. Josh Fat. Make sure you follow us on all of our social medias. We are on Facebook as Omega Level Podcast. We're on Instagram as Omega underscore level underscore podcast, all lowercase. We are on Twitter as at Omega Level PCast. That's the letter P. We are on the Anchor app as Omega Level. And we are on YouTube as Omega Level Podcast. Make sure you hit them all up and, you know, don't be stupid. Like our stuff. Mm-hmm.